If you have a hundred thousand dollar deal, bring it. Two hundred thousand, bring it. Twenty thousand, bring it. Whatever it is, million dollars, bring it. I had a consultation call with someone earlier today. She's like, she's been doing info lots for a year. She's like, my assignment fee is five thousand dollars. I've never made more than five thousand dollars on a deal. To make a hundred grand, you got to do twenty deals a year. And a lot of people, if you're an entrepreneur, like you want to make more than a hundred grand. You do ten deals with vacant land and you'll make over 300,000. It's very low risk, low risk, lower reward. That's what we're talking about yep. here. It is lower risk. It is a lower reward. It just is. That's the fact of it. Hey everyone, welcome back to the real estate investing podcast. Today's topic, we're discussing infill lots versus acres versus rural vacant land. I'm your host, Daniel Apke with my brother and business partner, Ron Apke. So we had Eli Bryan on the other week, and he mainly does info lots. And we talked a lot about info lots in that episode, mm -hmm. but we didn't talk about a lot of the differences. And when I was sitting there, I even mentioned in the podcast to Eli, I was like, it's crazy how different our business models are. And it is. It's crazy how different our business models are. We're still land investing, right? Land investing is a very broad term, but his specific business uh, just had such different techniques and what they do and strategies and everything. And it's just, it's just a different business model as a whole. It is land investing, but it's such a different business model. So in this episode, we're not talking about rural vacant land acres. We're not talking about info lots. We're talking about them against each other and what are some of the main differences. And this is to help educate you. Maybe you want to get into info lots. Maybe that's part of your business. Maybe you get leads back that are info lot leads um, and vice versa. Yep. Maybe you're an info lot person and get some rural acres as well in the, in the game. Yeah, for sure. And Eli did a great job explaining his business model. So the way Eli does it or the way a lot of info lot people do it is find the builders first, find the end buyers of the land first, and then find the land to kind of line up with the builders there. If I were to do info lots, I wouldn't do that. I would do it with our model in terms of sending blind offers and trying to get it. Yeah. Um, and, and he did say he's taking down some. How did he put it? He's like, he's taking down some deals. We're taking with down funds. some deals yeah. with his funds and putting on the MLS, he said. 100%. So they are looking. And he even said that's a advanced strategy for bigger margins in the game. He's like, that's how we're increasing our margins. But I do want to touch on you're going down a good route right now. But define info lots while you're talking about that. But for anyone who doesn't know info lots versus what we're talking about. Yeah. So info lots is pretty much anything in a neighborhood. Like right now, we're sitting in, an, uh, in a house in a neighborhood with a bunch of quarter acre lots. Um, info lot is a lot in this neighborhood, a lot in any of those neighborhoods that's not built. So you have houses all around it. Then you have an info lot, which is a lot that is uh, can be filled with a house. Um, so that's essentially what an info lot is versus what we're talking about or what we do more is acres. rural land acres is five acres outside the city, typically outside the city, more county, maybe a county removed from a big city. So just more rural, like it, it is more usually, rural. Usually an acre and a half and up, uh, not in a subdivision most of the time. Sometimes they are still, but just vacant, rural, like more rural, uh, just not in a suburban, very densely populated area. For info lots, you can attack very populated areas. For the sake of rural vacant land, we usually go a county removed from a city or so, but there, there are multiple strategies to both sides. Yeah, and some of our best, best deals, honestly, Dan, over the years have been like really nice areas, but they like cut off their, in, they did not let anything under three acres or something like that. So it was an info lot just in a giant subdivision with only three acre parcels, which you can kind of look at as an info lot, a little different, mm -hmm. but we've had some great deals like that that are, and the way I kind of view info lots is the only uses is building a house, honestly. Like there's no other use than building a house, putting a mobile right, home. Right, right. And that, that's how I kind of define it. I mean, that's what it is. Like you don't buy a 0.25 
5.5 acre lot <laughs> to hunt on or to have recreational land or uh, your future cabin in a uh, wooded area. It's just different. Like it's, it's a cleared area. You're going to clear the area out and you're going to put a house on it, right? That's just what info lots are. When you start talking about acres, like we're talking vacant land, rural vacant land, uh, it's multi-purpose. You can hunt on it. You can have rec land, investments. Same with info lots. It can be an investment as well. Um, but there's just so many different, you put a house on part of it and you have all the woods, you know, to hunt, rec land, dirt bike, whatever people like to do on land, right? That's, yep. uh, some people like to timber it. It just becomes such multi-directional with, with what you do. Yeah. And that's why a lot of the info lot investment flipping finds the builders first because the only use case is building. So exactly. why not find the builders and first? That's right? a good way to look at it that I've never really put, um, you know, there's one use for it and it's building. So you find a builder first versus us. We're not going to find a person first because the economy flips. There aren't builders out there. Oh, there's still people who want to buy 20 acres for their investment or their timber company or farmland or uh, to put their future house on it, whatever it is, lease the land. You know what I mean? You just have so many options when you're listing it to the mass public. Exactly. So let's kind of compare the two, Dan. Like, are, are there certain types of people you would push towards doing info lots if they were getting started? Or is it like, what, what's your what's your thoughts, just your personal thoughts, like on the info lot market? It's very dependent on the economy. And uh, economy is constantly changing. Like the building market has dried up significantly the last 12 months. But we talked to Eli last week. He's still crushing deals. You know what I mean? So as things change, people are still going to survive. It's, it's just such a different business model, the way the two work. Info lots... From what what I know, have smaller margins to work with. The competition's high. Mm -hmm. You have more people in your backyard competing against you. You have more people looking at the same exact deal. You start going vacant. You land investors complain, and this isn't a bad thing. This is a, a great thing. Land investors will complain about one other land investor sending <laughs> mail to their county. Tell a wholesaler, uh, tell a house wholesaler in Tampa, Florida, that there's another person in their zip code. They'll be like, oh, there's 200 of them. You know yep. what I mean? Competition means it's a healthy market. But at the same time, with vacant land, that's much, much less competition. With rural vacant land, like we're talking the acres, much less competition. Um, so margins are smaller, typically. Yep. And with, with, with info lots that go on that, you have... There's a stigma behind it where you have people who might be cold calling, whatever it is, and they're okay. They found a builder or whatever who can pay $20,000 for a lot... Uh, or for a lot and they they are okay with very small margins and they're wholesaling the property or double closing the property and they don't have money out of their pocket so the margins are small because that the investors in those markets are willing to have small mark uh, margins uh, from what i took from eli like a huge part of it ha is having legitimate builders lined up people who actually have money to buy but I think that is the biggest difference than two. I had a consultation call with someone earlier today. She's like, my assign. She's been doing info lots for a year. She's like, my assignment fee is five thousand dollars. I've never made more than five thousand dollars on a deal. That's like a lot that, of work for a deal. Hundred percent. And to make a hundred grand, you got to do twenty deals a year. And a lot of people, if you're an entrepreneur, like you want to make more than a hundred grand. You do ten in in reverse. You do ten deals with vacant land, and you'll make over three hundred thousand. Typically, exactly. You offer you you average twenty thirty thousand dollars, and it's just a much more profit, scalable yeah. business. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is honestly the scalability. You can there are people I'm sure making hundreds of thousands of dollars in with info lots, but the ability to scale it is just much more difficult when you have to do so many deals. Exactly. That that's the biggest thing because the operations are very similar. 
Um, they're, they're different when you're wholesaling because you're assigning, and there are some differences. But in terms of finding someone to sell, doing all the work, calling, uh, texting, negotiating, all that stuff is similar. So when you lock someone up and you're going through the process, wouldn't you rather make $30,000 than $5,000 or mm-hmm. $100,000? Like on the low end, we're making $20,000 of profit per deal on the low end, like just buy sell price, right? Yep. On the high end, we're making two to 500, two to 400. That's the higher end. Uh, you can make a million dollars if you want. You can go after more expensive properties. So the scalability of it, like Ron said, from one, just the, how much you can get from each deal. The best business people like to do the smallest, lowest amount of deals with the highest uh, price. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like selling a, a race to the bottom versus keeping your price high, knowing yep. the value and selling fewer items. It, it is, when you sell fewer items, everything, de- your your margins increase because everything else decreases. Your margins increase because you now need less employees. You now need less overhead. You now need less cold calls to get the deal. Uh, everything just goes up like the margin wise when you do uh, bigger deals. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it at the end of the year, like the way I always review business is like, how much time do I have to put in this to get X dollars out? And in my mind, like with info lots, like I think it has to be almost full time to make a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. Like, lot, yeah. like if you're okay with five thousand dollar margins, and you're and grinding too, cold calling, doing all. It's a grind. Yeah, it's not like it, it can be a part time thing for sure. And I don't want to act like we know exactly the time input because we've never done info lots full time. Uh, but the scalability of what people can do with an hour a day with rural land with big acre land is night and day. And I think also you talked about operations, Dan, with info lots, you're balancing both sides. Like even though the builder builder told you he'll pay whatever X dollars for the land, uh, if you're wholesaling, if you're assigning it, if you're double closing it, like you have to have that buyer lined up and the seller lined up at the same time Mm -hmm. where we prefer buying the land, buying or 20 acres, whatever it is, using deal funding, whatever, using an investor and then selling it. So we have complete control of the deal. We don't need, like if the seller falls out when you're doing double closing, wholesaling, you lose the deal. If the buyer falls out, you have a pretty good potential of losing the deal if you don't find an end buyer. Yeah. And I think some of the advantages going from there of info lots, because there are some, even though the margins are slow, the operations are high, our margins are lower, operations are high. Um, there are some advantages to it. And I think one of the advantages, they are smaller deals and people can wrap their head around them a little bit more. Um, so it's easier to get involved, I think, from that way versus, you know, when we say we're buying $60,000 deal yeah. for flipping land, they get all caught up, they need deal funding, and they get a little overwhelmed, I think, even though it's not as difficult as they might think. The lady the lady this morning used the word intimidating when she talked about uh, why she hasn't done acres yet. Yeah, and it's it's really not. Like, think of, like, million-dollar houses and flipping those like that sounds more intimidating than a $40,000 vacant piece of land where no structures on it. We can just determine its land and look at the, you know, features on a map and understand it very well, but it can be intimidating to some. So I think that's one of the cons of rural vacant land and pros of info lots is you're slinging for $4,000 in assignment fee. You know what I mean? You're buying for 45 and and assigning it for $4,000 to the builder down the road. Um, but one of the other pros is low risk. You don't have money out really. It's very low risk, low risk, lower reward. That's what we're talking about here. It is lower risk. It is a lower reward. It just is. That's the fact of it. Um, quick flips, like even in our business model, any business, when you bring inventory in, getting rid of the inventory fast is one of the biggest things for sure. And when you're flip, when you're, when you're assigning it to a builder, you have 
the future buyer already lined up, which is how we pre-market. We used to pre-market some, have buyers before, things like that. Kind of the same concept. When you have a buyer lined up at the end that you know you're selling to, that's the best business model. That's a great business model. And we try to do it as much as possible on list and all that stuff. But when you already know who it's going to and you're just getting rid of it quick, that's really good. It's like when I used to be in um, the building material industry, we would bring in truckloads and truckloads of material. And I'd get people committed to their truckloads before it even came in. So boom, comes in, goes yep. out, comes in, goes out. When you look at an inventory perspective, that's the best case scenario for first in, first out. Yeah. I think, yeah, having a... Having a buyer who could buy all your land theoretically with info lots is a great, great advantage. Like you could have a builder who buys 40 lots from you and right. you make 200 grand. If you have the sellers, he'll buy the land yeah. and he's okay with your business model. That's where it gets hairy. I think is if you have these builders who are whatever, trying to cut you out, whatever the situation he is. He mentioned that too. Yeah. Yeah. You can, it, things can get a little hairy or if builders are kind of flaking on deals that they said, yeah, that's I'll pay the reality for, too. That hundred, that's going to happen for sure. Just cause you got a 0.25 acre lot in their zip code that they're looking for. Doesn't mean they're going to buy every single yeah. one. But we've never had a buyer buy multiple pieces of our land. I don't think ever. Um, in turn, unless it's next door, the same parcel and we're, we subdivide it, whatever they take two of it, but it's not like we have investors, our investors, I'm sorry, investors are not our end Yeah, we buyers. list on the MLS, we list the mass market. Yeah. Yeah. So having those buyers lined up, I think can be an advantage of that. It definitely sure. is. Yeah. Especially if you have a good relationship and then, you know, it's just, that's a business, that's a business relationship. That is you're their marketing. You're that the is, builder's marketing. You're the builder's marketing, but also they're your buyer. Like that is one to many. Anytime like you can take one person and assign many deals to them, it's much, much more scalable than one to one. So like the way we are doing it, we're selling one deal to one person who's never going to come back, essentially. Um, which makes it a little less sellable as a future uh, as, sure. as a company as well. Once you start selling to businesses like a builder, you have one to many. So there is an advantage of that as well. But there's disadvantages too because they're looking for deals too. Other people are coming to them. The margins are tight. It's just, it's a tough, it really is, guys. It's It can be a really tough business model because of those reasons. Like you're doing a lot of work. Like if you want to make $3,000, $4,000 from a deal, that's great. You can do that. But once you have some money or marketing money and you want to make $40,000 per deal and you will, like if you have that mindset and that hustle, Vacant land, in my mind, is the way, like rural vacant acres that we're talking about, is the way to scale to six, seven figures relatively quick. There's no doubt mm -hmm. in my mind. And Eli even said that, like he, that's like the scaling up is going from info lots, then scaling up is like it's a stepping stone. rural land, and then maybe after that is entitlements or bigger projects, whatever it is. But I don't want people to think they can't just get in rural land first because it's hundred like, percent. Yeah, you just need the marketing money, but you need marketing money for either. It's just. The difference is, Ron, one of the main differences that we haven't talked about is you have 100 leads, right, for info lots, all vacant land in the same zip code. Say mm -hmm. you have 100 leads, and then you have 100 leads vacant, uh, rural vacant land. So we have info lots, 100 leads, and we have 100 leads for uh, acres, let's say. The difference is info lots, you're going to get a couple from that 100 because you're offering 90%. Yep. The competition there. You're offering yeah. ninety percent of market. Whatever you whatever you do, you're offering ninety percent. You offer them forty five grand, and you're going to make five thousand dollars. Your buyer is your builder is buying it for fifty. Out of that hundred for acres, the hundred leads, you won't get a deal typically. But our margin once you do get a deal, our margin instead of making that five thousand dollars, you're going to make thirty five thousand or thirty thousand um, dollars. 
and you just have to up the amount. It's more of a shotgun approach to get a higher margin game. Yeah. And it, the numbers make sense. The ROI is better on your time and your money, but that's just the fact of it. Like you can call a hundred people with land and you're probably going to lock up a deal if you offer them that kind of money. Yep. I, I think, yeah, for sure. If you, if you do that enough, you'll get deals. And it is our approach with rural vacant land. It's, it's like we say it's a shotgun approach, but it's also an approach to minimize operations. We send blind offers out to these people. The blind offers are, I'm going to offer you $20,000 for your land, or I'm willing to. Um, some people call and negotiate for sure. There's some operations there, but it weeds out uninterested sellers. So yeah. that right there, where info lots a lot of times, like you get the leads and then you got to tell them the price and then you got to haggle and negotiate. And you might be negotiating with 100, 200 people at once to get a couple of deals where if we have if we have responses to our 2000 mailers and we have 20 responses, good chance we'll get a deal, make $30,000, but we only talk to 20 people to get that deal. Like the mail's the easy part to get out. Mm. Like mail, it costs money for sure, but mails, it's not hard to generate leads with mail. The hard thing is the hard thing with info lots is you are talking with so many people haggling with so many people to have it, yeah. the operations. I think it's like texting. Yeah. It's just, it, it's just more of a operational game, understanding how to weed the bad sellers out much, much more to it. Um, again, we're just fighting for lower margin at that point, and it, it can be used as a stepping stone to get into rural vacant land. doesn't need to be. It, but it, uh, it doesn't need to be because you guys, Ron and I fund hundreds and hundreds of deals every single year through our program called Deal Funding, and it's where we put up 100%. It's a joint venture if you guys are from the whole thing. It's just a JV partnership where we put up 100% of the money, you guys market it and sell it, and we split the profit in some fashion. So that once you understand that, it's not that intimidating. It's not your money going out for these bigger deals. If you have a $100,000 deal, bring it. 200000 bring it. 20000 bring it. Whatever it is, million dollars, bring it. Uh, you can scale up that way. Yeah, I mean, we have... Deshaun's a great example, Dan, of someone who just like grinded it out. Like He's been watching our... He's been watching our free podcast, our YouTube, like you guys are. Then he just started cold calling. He didn't invest in the program. He just started cold calling. He got a deal. He's making fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on an assignment fee. He's going to purchase the program. He's going to put that into marketing and just scale up. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't have much more to add, Dan. I think it's info lots are you can learn a lot in them. It's going to be more of a grind, in my opinion, and there's going to be lower margins. Exactly. They they both have a place. You can also do both of them. You can also, if you are already doing info, try some acres. Uh, a lot of the marketing techniques aren't that different once you understand them. It is, at the end of the day, Ron, all land investing. And that's what we're talking here, all things land investing. Guys, as always, please like and subscribe our YouTube channel. It really helps drive our mission forward. Thank you for joining. We'll see you guys next episode. Thanks, guys. As always, thank you for joining. Please do us a huge favor and like and subscribe our YouTube channel and share this with a friend. It really means the world to Ron and I, but more importantly, it could help change the life of someone else. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next episode.